good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Monday, February the 13th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On February 13th, 1935, a jury in Flemington, New Jersey, found Bruno Richard Hapman guilty of first-degree murder in the kidnap slaying of Charles A. Lindbergh, Jr., he was 20 months years old. 20 months uh, old. He was the son of Charles and Ann Lindbergh. Hatman was later executed. That captured not only the U.S. news, but it captured world news at that time. I've read the account of it, the historical account of it. It's, it was a sad tale. It was more unusual in those days than something like that would be today, unfortunately. Today in 1633... Italian astronomer Galileo, he arrived in Rome for trial before the Inquisition. He was accused of defending Copernicum theory that the Earth revolved around the Sun instead of the other way around. Galileo was found vehemently suspect, not guilty, but suspect of heresy, and ended up being sentenced to a form of house arrest. Today in 1939, Justice Louis B. Brandeis retired from the U.S. Supreme Court. He was succeeded by William O. Douglas, Washington State's William O. Douglas. William O. Douglas had a house in the mountains out of Yakima going up to the lakes where my dad and I used to go fishing when I was a kid. Every time we'd pass by that house, it was on Goose Prairie. Uh, on the way up there, every uh, Dad knew all about it. I don't know. I guess he'd studied it or something. But every time we'd go past that place, he'd say, Gary, that's where William O. Douglas lives, over there. Well, he didn't live there permanently, but I think he did spend a lot of time there. But that was a big deal to my dad. We had a, we had a Supreme Court justice on our way to the fishing holes that we used to go fishing in. Today in 2000, Charles Schultz final peanut strip ran in Sunday newspapers, the last original one, the day after the cartoonist died in his sleep at his California home. He was 77 years old. Peanuts lives on. We see him a lot. ABC dropped him this year. They didn't run him as much, if any, as they have in the past, but other channels do. There's just something about all those Peanuts characters that you just have to love. Today in 2016, Justice Antonin Scalia, member of the U.S. Supreme Court, he was found dead at a private residence in Big Bend area of West Texas. He was 79 years old. He was on a hunting trip, and um, they found him dead in his in his bed. And it was interesting. It was big news, and then they didn't talk a lot about the cause of death, as I recall. I'm sure they did eventually say what it was, but... It took a while for them to get to that. But that was a sad day because he was one of the great, great conservatives ever to serve on the Supreme Court. Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies, my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled They stumbled and fell. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And another verse in Psalm 27 says, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. 
Lord, I need you to speak to me and to lead me very clearly. I don't want to be misled by my enemies. We are being misled in America today. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. I want to talk to you about a new religion that's emerging in America. I think that you will find that you agree with me. I hope you do. But it is unbelievable. It's not so surprising to me that new religions emerge and cults and so on, but because they've always done that. From the, as far back as we have recorded history, there's always been new religious orders evolving or being created by somebody along the way. But this is different. And I want you to listen up. And if, I, I think some of you will probably profoundly disagree with me. But just listen. Give, give me a listen. And, and let your heart speak to you. And let the Lord speak to you. Because we live in perilous times. I believe these are the last times. But these are perilous times. And we must, we must be informed. And that's what we do on this program is try to inform. And I have been in ministry my entire adult life. So I try to present the gospel in the context of us informing each day about what's going on in our culture. Before I get into that, though, I want to talk. I want to talk to you about a new religion. It's called. I'm calling it the alphabet religion. Before I get into that, though, Republicans are upset this morning. They're demanding answers after the FBI and the Department of Justice attempted to label Catholics as potential terrorists. Now, I'm not a Catholic, but good grief, labeling Catholics as potential terrorists. It's kind of like labeling parents as potential terrorists. Remember when that was happening in Virginia? That resulted in Glenn Youngkin being uh, elected as, as the governor of the state. And he was virtually unknown at the time, very capable, but unknown. Today, he's governor of the state, primarily because he took the position of, of supporting the parents against the state. The parents were there. They were upset about what their kids were being taught in school. And that's happening across the nation, but in in Virginia, it was kind of the, the point of the spear. And because of that, Youngkin became governor, and he's taken a lot of steps to, to fix that. He's a very bright guy, very successful before he became a politician, before he became governor. But that was, that was another time where our own State Department, our authorities, called parents potential domestic terrorists. So you find that there's this leaning today in America to anybody that disagrees with the standard um, line, the standard narrative, are immediately labeled as out of step, out of in the way, you know, out of the norm, and so on. And so now we have Republicans, and they're stepping up strongly on this issue, and, and they should, and I'm glad they are, but they're calling out, the Republicans are calling out the FBI and the Justice Department after a leaked internal document, an FBI memo, revealed that the agency had plans to label Catholics as potential terrorists. The coalition of 20 GOP state attorneys general, led by Virginia Attorney General Jason Myers, is demanding answers from FBI Director Christopher Wray and and they're the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland 
They're saying they're horrified to learn that the FBI's Richmond office circulated a, a report linking radical traditionalist Catholics to white supremacist and violent extremism. Anti-Catholic bigotry appears to be festering in the FBI, and the Bureau is treating Catholics as potential terrorists because of their beliefs, this letter said. And these, all these guys, this 20 GOP state attorneys general signed it. There's much more to this story, but the memo was leaked back on, on January 23rd, and it identifies the radical traditionalist Catholics, their words, as potentially radically and ethnically motivated violent extremists. What this is, there's much more to this story, but what this really has to do with is Catholics, uh, conservative Catholics, not not all, there's some far left uh, activists in the Catholic Church, as you know, uh, in regards to abortion and gay marriage and all that kind of thing, so-called gay marriage. But they're talking about the conservatives that march peacefully, and march and have marched for life and opposed to abortion and so on. That's the people they're targeting here. And if they were left not confronted, these people who are in the highest offices in the land, just under the president, they would be moving forward with this agenda that Catholics are potentially domestic terrorists, just like parents are potential terrorists. There's a common thread through all of this, and that gets me to what I really want to talk to you about today. There is, there is this movement in America, and it is diverse in many respects, but it is tied together by, a, by one thread of similarity. And when you look at this, it will come down to two things. When you look at the, the government versus the people, it will always come down to two things, two issues. One of them is abortion. It has been decided by the secular left that abortion is health care. Abortion is not health care. It's murder. The other threaded uh, item that you will find that runs through all of this is human sexuality. <clears throat> the Bible says, and human beings have lived by that assumption, <laughs> if they, even if they didn't read the Bible, or know the Bible, they live by the assumption that if you're a male and and you you know stand naked in front of a mirror, you go, yeah, I'm a, I'm a man or I'm a woman. That was kind of the order of of human society. But now, in just recent years, that has been blown up by the fact that no, no, we don't. That's not the way it is anymore. There are men, there are women, there are people in transition, there are children, little kids who may be a boy when their their parents are dressing them like a girl and teaching them to be like a girl. And it's very stressful for them. That's the culture we live in today. And if we don't think this is as the days of Noah, if these are not the end times, I don't know what is. But I want to talk to you about, because out of this, this takes on a religious fervor. These issues, abortion and the LGBTQAI plus whatever, it takes on a religious fervor. And I would suggest to you today that we are looking at a new religion in America. It has all the hallmarks of a religion. Every knee shall bow to the alphabet religion or else.
Last Thursday, it was decided that the Church of England, our, our great uncles and aunts or whatever, they will now say prayers of blessing over so-called same-sex marriages for the first time in England's history. England has a long history. That's following a vote of the General Senate of the Church of England, the legislative body of the established Church of England. We fled that when we came to America. Our Many of our forefathers and our families came here from England and, and that part of the world from Europe and so on. The Church of England will now say prayers of blessing over gay marriages. The three houses of the Senate voted in, of their synod voted in favor of officially recognizing gay marriages for the first time, with priests now being empowered to give their blessings to the unions. It's written in Scripture, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. But what should that tongue confess? That Jesus Christ is Lord, but oh no. These so-called Christian leaders in the English church, and I'll get to America in a moment, but these so-called leaders in the, in, the, in the Church of England are suggesting that every knee bow and confess, but not that Jesus Christ is Lord, that homosexuality is normal and is taking on a religious-type tone. The West has exchanged the truth for a lie. Paul told Rome that as they were beginning to be in decline. He told Rome that they had that they had exchanged uh, the truth for a lie. Now the Church of England to many American churches and other Western countries are bowing at the altar of this new religion. I call it the alphabet religion. LGBTQIA+. I'm not mocking. My heart is broken. I was a youth pastor too long to just disregard these kids. They're confused, they're hurting, and too many of them are committing suicide for, because of that issue. Because they've been fed a lie from hell in their classrooms and now in their churches. And they don't know who they are or what they are, and they don't know where they're going, and they can't find their way. And nobody is bothered to tell them that the Lord is the light of my life. Because they're too busy seeking for equity and fairness and all the rest of it. The vote was overwhelmingly approved by the House of Bishops. That supported the measure by a, by a margin of 36 to 4, with two members of the House abstaining from the vote. This is England. However, the issue was far more contested amongst the lower houses. In other words, the, the, the more powerful the people were that were voting within the Church of England, the more they were for ch changing the natural order of God and marriage. Five abstained. They wouldn't vote at all. The House of Laity, the little people of the scheme here, they supported the move by a margin of 103 to 92. That was the closest vote of all the different categories in the Church of England. The highest order of leadership expressed the strongest support for dismantling biblical marriage and biblical norms. In a joint statement, the two most senior bishops in the church is just Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, and Stephen Cottrell, the Archbishop of York. They said it has been a long road to get us to this point. Yes, indeed it has. Satan has been trying to penetrate the church of Jesus Christ since Christ died on a cross and rose from the dead. It has been a long road, but they're walking on the wrong road. 
For the first time, the Church of England will publicly, unreservedly, the, I'm, I'm quoting them, and joyfully welcome same-sex couples in church, they told the press. The two archbishops acknowledged that deep differences still remain within the church. They said, quote, as archbishops, we are committed to respecting the conscience of those whom this goes too far and to ensure that they have all the reassurances that need they need in order to maintain the unity of the church as this conversation continues. What they're saying is, we want to take you down a path to hell, but we don't want you to get up, get excited and leave the church, so we're going to do this slowly and with as little pain as we can, but we know that some of you are going to be feel stressful about this, but just stay in your seat in the bus and everything's going to be fine. I mean, that's what they're saying. That's what Satan always says. Surely God is not, God wouldn't cause you to die. That was the first lie that Satan told the human race. God is a good God. God is love. He's not going to let you die. Go ahead and eat that fruit. There's no problem with that. They say... (laughs) They say that some people will think they're going too far. Do they know that rewriting and revising Scripture is always going too far? We hope that today's thoughtful, prayerful debate marks a new beginning for the church as we seek a way forward. They don't need to seek a way forward. We're not trying to seek a way forward. We're trying to find and know Jesus Christ personally. That's what the church is about. I'm nobody, but I know that. I understand it. Why don't they? They are not, most of all, listening to God. They're listening to their peers, and they're trying to find acceptance in a corrupt, decaying, dying culture. They need to get their hearts right with God. I don't care how pretty their hat is and how long their scepter is. God is not pleased with this. And that's a path not only that England is on, but we in the United States, in fact, there are reports out there now people are writing stories in the world in world news, that America now leads in the in, in the progress of addressing and accommodating and creating equity for the transgender movement. Dear God, is that what we're becoming known as and for? It is. They're not, most of all, they're not listening to God. They may be listening to each other, but they're certainly not listening to the author and the finisher of their faith. They're lost in a wilderness of despair and lies. Not every church in England leader is bowing a knee to the alphabet religion. However, thankfully, there are always those who seem to have a clearer mind and a clearer heart and a clearer understanding of God's word, and some of them are. The move drew considerable rebukes from some within the church's legislative body, including a barrister, a lawyer, the lay general synod, one of the guys, one of the leaders, Mautauv, I think is how you pronounce his name, he characterized it as a fiasco. He's claiming the blessing same-sex marriages, he said, ignores the, the teachings of Scripture. Here's a layman telling these pompous leaders of the Church of England that, that they're ignoring the teachings of Scripture. It's supposed to be the other way around. They're supposed to be leading. But the laity is, is leading them and... They're not following, but they're, the laity is trying to lead them. The bishops say that this is about people. It's about much more than that. It's about the Word of God and about Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of the faith, one of them said. 
They said the bishops are not telling us the truth. He said before citing verses from the Bible, which he said demonstrated that marriage is only intended to be between a man and a woman, he said the bishops say this is about people, but it's not. It's not about people. It's about God. Where does the church get its doctrine on marriage from, one of them asked. This, these are lay people in the church. It comes directly from God, he said. The bishops cannot see, apparently, that the draft prayers are out of sync with and inconsistent with and undermine the doctrine of marriage in our canon, B30, but it's biblical-based. It's between a man and a woman. And now the laity is calling out the leaders of the church and saying, wait a minute, you're supposed to be leading us in the ways of God, and you're creating a new parallel religion. Some of them are saying, we will not follow you. Just like the colonists said when they got on the Mayflower and headed out, they said, we've had enough. And they came to the new world, and you know that story. The alphabet's religion demands a reorder of human sexuality and a new order of faith. The Church of England is set to begin a new outreach, like this spring. They call it the Liturgical Pronoun Project. Does that sound like it's in any way connected to the Great Commission that Jesus Christ gave before he ascended back to, to, to the Father, after his life and death and resurrection on this earth? Does that sound anything like going into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? I don't think so. The Bible clearly states that homosexuality is sin. Yes, there's a lot of sins, but that doesn't make that not a sin. The new religion of LGBTQIA clearly states that Creator God made a mistake, or he misspoke when he said he created male and female in his image and his likeness. There, are, there isn't any trans, transitional zones in the Word of God. And the word of God was here before these pompous people came in power in the Church of England and in America as well. God created a natural order that would sustain human humanity and human the human race. And a great part of that is a male and a female. They come together in, a, in an agreement called marriage, and they stay together, and they have kids, and they raise up those kids to serve the same God that their parents serve. How many points of that have we abandoned? Most all of them. And some Christians who are not buying into this are just silent. They don't say anything. They don't want to get whipped socially, ostracized, shunned. Nobody wants that. But that's where we are. The Bible clearly states that homosexuality is sin. This new religion clearly states by all of its actions and deeds and words that this God in heaven, the creator, as we call him, made a horrible mistake, and we're here to fix that mistake. Let me be clear. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us, you and me and all of us, sinned and do sin. Make no mistake. But when we take our sin and we create a religious effort out of it and we shun and try to, well, in in too many cases, try to punish the people who don't buy into it, then it's something we should address. 
The Bible unequivocally, clearly condemns same-sex relationships. Leviticus 18.22 and Leviticus 20, verse 13, and Romans chapter 1, verses 26, 27, and 28, and there's many other scriptures. The Bible instructs us not to be conformed to the world, but be, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. These guys are conforming to the world. Their minds are empty. Their hearts are empty. They have abandoned the faith that they claim to embrace and become leaders in the Church of England. And the same thing has happened, in, has happened and is happening here in America. The Presbyterian Church, the Methodist Church, go down the list. I talk about that re- somewhat regularly on this program. But the LGBTQIA movement is trying to find peace and meaning in their lifestyle and their chosen behavior in the context of biblical Christianity that's not there unless you unless you embrace the lie. That's where we are today, and that's what all the confusion is about. In order to do that, we must either accept Christ as our personal Savior and ask forgiveness and deliverance from their sins or change the fundamental teaching of Christianity. They've chosen to change the fundamental teaching of Christianity and of the natural order of things set in motion by the creator of all things, God himself. Homosexual behavior is sin. It's not only sin, but it's a sin, and the Bible is clear that God strongly condemns sin, all sin, sometimes in particular that sin. I'm thinking of Sodom and Gomorrah and places like that. Rather than seeking forgiveness and deliverance, the gay movement, so-called, is demanding rights. One of those rights in their mind is apparently to rewrite and revise the Bible. They're demanding that the 2,000-year-old Church of Jesus Christ change its beliefs and its doctrines to accommodate their sexual behavior. In the minds of the LGBTQIA+, blah, 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 whatever, Jesus Christ did not die to forgive their sins. Jesus Christ died on a cross to affirm their sins. That's where we are today. That's why we need to be a light in our community. Whatever our sphere of influence is, great or small, we need to stand for Christ. We need to stand up for what we believe. Not You don't have to address everybody. Not everybody's called to do that. But live your life in a way that they will know what you believe and know what you the God you serve is a biblical God. I'll stand up and do the straight talk, and I'll take the hits if need be. Not everybody's called to do what I'm doing. I'm not called to do what some others are doing. But all of us are called to be faithful to God and to stand for biblical truth and a biblical worldview. And most importantly, the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He rose from the dead so that you and I could have our sins forgiven. He did not die so these stupid bishops and all the other people that are misled and follow could just have their sins affirmed and create a new religion in the process. Well, I have much more to say today, but I'm almost out of time. So thank you for being with me today, and thank you for your support. We need it. These are unusual times. Thank you for standing with us. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. I'll see you tomorrow.